0: good morning everyone it's good to be here again in the household of house of God and to be with the brothers and sisters of faith that's <laughs> uh, wonderful uh, it's good to have specials it's good to have readings and prayers and all the activities that make us feel comfortable one for another and with another and worship together fellowship That's, I guess, where the sermon is. (laughs) Love of God. (laughs) The love of God causes these things to happen in our lives, that we would take care for one another and be concerned for one another and be faithful with one another and uh, help each other along life's way. So I've got some of my scriptures typed out and some on the computer for uh, the topic of loving or love one another. You know this verse as well as I do. (laughs) It's in um, John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I, that's Christ, have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know, that ye are my disciples, if you have love one for another. It's seeing the actions that many times is is, uh, the great advantage. So he wants us to be able to do that. Christian needs to love Jehovah God, love our God, and Jesus his son. We really need to have that love and to follow with the thoughts that uh, Loving, that sharing with one another. Uh, we uh, love, f- we'll sacrifice for one another, we'll be concerned for one another. And uh, to, uh, to show our love by our affection and by our concerns, the way we handle things and do things together. So first, on uh, the loving that shares, there's so much that could be said and sometimes it's, it's hard to get all those thoughts, um, to find scriptures for each one or, or to get too many thoughts or, or enough thoughts on what we could share and how to share. But the, we remember this new commandment that you love one another. That's important to us that we do that. The uh, many Christians profess to love God and others fail to share their time, talent, and treasures with one with others with with anybody, whether in the faith or outside of the faith, that's what was striking me as I was studying this. We have the uh, one love one another amongst ourselves, but we have to show this love outwardly to those that don't love us, they don't love the heavenly Father, they are um, just misplaced people or rude or they just don't know Jesus. They don't know the Heavenly Father. They're the lost. So in, in all of our thinking of how we can love one another, it's hard to reach out to the, to the edges of those things where people don't want our love or don't want us to be interested in them. That, that's, that's a difficult difficulty. Uh, some Christians are tight-fisted it's the only way you can say, it. when it comes to the pocketbook, uh, you know, when you go into the O'Hara airport, they said, take your wallet out of your back pocket and put it in your front pocket. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> it can be more easily stolen from your back pocket. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we have to be uh, friendly enough that we can share uh, our, our wealth and income but not that it be stolen from us. That's, that's not right, neither. Uh, we can't condone that activity by letting him have it, letting him steal it from us. That's, that's not good. But when we see those that are in trouble, especially amongst the household of faith, when there was uh, tornadoes and hurricanes and windstorms and lightning storms, and you, know, you hear of others that are in trouble, our heart needs to go out to them. We need to be praying for them and concerned for them. Not only the believers that are there, but the people that are around them. There's scriptures that say that your neighbor is blessed because he lives next door to you. And what? Well, if you pray for the storms not to hit you, they don't hit, they don't hit those besides you. <laughs> you know? So they get blessed by just living near you. And hopefully they will see that something is different that there are blessings that you can have by honoring the Heavenly Father. Scripture talks about alms and tithes and um, giving of our earnings. Um, Some fail to give liberally, and uh, that can be pressed on a little too much, but we know that there's scriptures on that. And so let's go first to, um, to Genesis chapter 14 verse 20. Genesis 14 and verse 20. And blessed be the Most High God which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand and he gave tithes of all This is so early in the Scriptures, we forget that the word tithes is back there. That's in Genesis 14 verse 20, long before Exodus 20, or Leviticus, or so on, where the commands are given more. And we say, well, wow, this is before the Ten Commandments were given, that this is a blessing that is for the righteous. And once we receive from the Heavenly Father these blessings, that then we should pay tithes on those things a tenth. Tithes means tenth. And in Genesis 28, again in Genesis, it's interesting, uh, verse 22, And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house and of all that thou shalt give me I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Somebody's talking to the Heavenly Father and answering his own questions. <laughs> okay. He said, if you've done all of this for me. I'm going to give you a tenth of what I receive from you. Um, some say it already belongs to God because he gave it to us. And then you're giving back to God. Well, that's, that's right. That's the way it works. But in these things, we need to um, uh, know that the tithing was a normal thing. This was the way things were done. I was reading even yesterday in our Bible reading and so on. We, we just finished Genesis. And um, the, they had to give 20%, a fifth of their income to the government. Well, how much does God get? We, we forget that that should be a balance, that there should be something there for the Heavenly Father. He asks for only 10%. And we know that if our income tax was 10%, that they'd actually do very well if it was used right. But it usually ends up with too many uh, people at the top that are skimming off the cream, as they say. Um, Too many people are taking from the system rather than putting into the system. Otherwise, 10% would work real well. And uh, that was a number that God chose. But in Egypt, they had to give... Twenty percent. This is a fifth. Wow. Um, Why would we do this in, in our world? Well, we want to glorify the Heavenly Father. And there's a lot of verses that talk about glorifying the Heavenly Father in everything that we do. So I found a few verses here. Here's one in Romans 15, verse 9. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. And there's a little more, but if we just take it into bits and pieces here, that the Gentiles, for them, they thought it was only for the Hebrew people. It was the Hebrew's God. And these blessings that should come from this God would be for the Hebrew people. But here it says, they're in Romans, and Jesus has come and gone, died and gone to, to his father and so on. Uh, and the writing here to the Romans, that the Gentiles might glorify God. That is a goal that we need to keep in mind. The sinners, the lost, the ones that are not the called uh, needed to see what's going on and and be able to give glory to God for his mercy, God's mercy for us and mercy on people in general, that the Gentiles would see it and glorify God. The verse carries on, as it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. When we're singing to God, we're, we're glorifying him. We're also saying, you did it. You know, I'm glad for it. Glad what you've done for us. We're giving glory to the Heavenly Father. And then in uh, 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 20, I'm going to jump back to Romans in just a bit, but hold your finger in there if you like. But 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20, For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your bodies and in your spirit, which are God's, which belong to God. They were His. They, he's loaned them to us or given them to us. All the things that we have uh, are from the Heavenly Father. But we're bought with a price. God made the plan of salvation. That's buying us. He sent his son to pay the price for us. That's buying us. He did go ahead and die for us in our place when we should have died for our sins. He died for us. That's buying us. So we should, in all those things, give glory to the Heavenly Father. In our bodies? That only makes sense. Use our lips to serve the Heavenly Father and to sing and so on to, so that he would receive uh, uh, prayer and, and blessings because they are God's to start with. So we're returning something back to the Heavenly Father that He owned. He made our lips. He made our minds. He made us being able to sing. He gave us vocal cords. Um, We should return a blessing to the Heavenly Father. Glorify Him with those things that He had given to us. So back to Romans 15 and verse 6 now. Verse 6. That ye may with one mind... And with one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love verses like that that include Jesus Christ along with the Heavenly Father and with God uh, named. um, That we may, with one mind and one mouth, we need to be thinking alike and doing things alike because we are Christians, because we belong to the family of God. We should be thinking this wise, that we would use our minds for the Heavenly Father, memorizing songs, memorizing Scripture, using our eyes through our brains to be able to read the Scriptures and repeat the Scriptures, memorize the Scriptures, and produce them from our mouth, which will give glory to the Heavenly Father. Those are all great thoughts on how to give back to the Heavenly Father, the tithing and the offerings. I started thinking of uh, the tithes and offerings and then the uh, I remember doing a sermon a long time ago on the uh, uh, offerings and I, I took the word alms specifically separate and preached a sermon on alms. Interesting to do that. Or now with our computers we can look up alms and <laughs> go all over the place. And It is interesting to find out how many verses there are out there that we could use. So in, um, if we look at this offering idea and the alms, let's go first to uh, Mark 12, 33. It reads this way. I think I can get it from here a little better as well if I uh, scroll up a bit. Okay, there we go. In Mark 12 and verse 33, And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the soul and with all this, the strength. I think that should be thy strength, but this is copied from King James. <laughs> the strength. And, with, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Just sort of, oh, okay, um, we're to love them with all our hearts and with all our souls, and with all our mind and with all our strength. There's other verses that would fit in that as well. It gives all four of those items. And, and sort of after you've done all of that, and love your neighbor as yourself, um, Nowadays, I guess many people don't think of loving your neighbor in that fashion. They, uh, get out of my way so I can get by, you know. Uh, The road was built for me and you just happen to be in my my way. Or the attitude is there at least. And we need to be careful that we don't let that get into our behavior and our manners and habits and so on. To be mindful of others. To be thankful that we have good neighbors or that we have neighbors at all. Uh, many places are having a lot of trouble with um, death and murder and mayhem and storms and uh, storms start to fall in afterwards. Now there's so many people dying and so many so much trouble. You try to call a hospice and you can't get an answer from them or even answer their phones. Uh, we know something is happening. Uh, we're hearing of other places where uh, the elderly are being left on their own almost, because the caregivers got sick. Caregivers had to quit. Then when the caregivers came back, they weren't allowed to come back because of COVID and so on. Yeah, lots of trouble. So we need to remember those people that are, are in different straits than what we would be. They are our neighbors. And we need me to give our, ourselves to their care as well. That's why that verse says, that's better than whole offerings. I don't know the difference between a partial offering and a whole offering, but (laughs) I guess to us it would mean put your whole heart and soul into it. Yeah, put something into this. Um, Anyway, uh, for for sacrificing, we we would be doing more sacrifice for good if we did it to the neighbors and to these other things. Luke 21 and verse 4 is another one that I found along with those. Luke 21 verse 4. For all these things of their abundance cast in in unto the offering of God, but she of her pennyworth hath cast in all the the living that she had. Uh, You'd have to go back and think about this scripture and find it. Go back to Luke 21, verse 4, and then read before and after to find out what happened here, what was going on. Well, they were standing watching people going into the church into the sanctuary, into the um, temple, and there was evidently a box there where they could throw in some money, and they were just walking by and chucking in a coin, and you know, uh, like they used to say in the old days, you could hear all the coins going in you know, and then they wanted to have a silent offering it meant put in the papers <laughs> paper dollars or checks or something. Um, but they were watching the disciples and Jesus were putting in, and of course it was noticed that this lady had come by, seemingly elderly, from what it appears in the story, and she didn't have much, and she put in a coin, evidently a small coin still would add up in the long run and then Jesus had to explain to them that this was her pennyworth, her minimum income, her lowest possible. Wealth that she had, out of that little wealth, she cast in more than the others did, because she gave more um, than uh, what would have been expected at her uh, income and her, her abilities. Uh, but she put in all that she had. Wow, How do you get to the next meal? You know sometimes we plead ahead, look ahead, and say, "Oh man, uh, you know we got to watch out that we have enough for our next meal." So read that story of this lady and her amount that she put in. Then in Acts chapter 24, verse 17, is another verse along the same line. And Acts, of course, was when the disciples were going out witnessing and Paul was in the stories and so on. And we know that Luke was along with them. Whenever Luke would say, we did so and so, we know Luke was with them. So Acts 24, 17. Now, after many years... I came to bring alms to my nation, and offerings. Offerings and alms are tied together. Offerings seemingly were an expected amount, you know, or an expected thing for you to do, but alms was a free will, just a a above and beyond, you might say. But he's including both of those in the same same uh, sentence. He's bringing alms and he's bringing offerings to his nation. He'd gone to other countries and told them that there's a lot of uh, poverty in Jerusalem and his rest of his nation, he says the whole nation, and that he was bringing offerings. So how could he be accused of be doing something uh, uh, that would, could be questioned? He so said, I'm trying to help my country, I'm bringing these things in. So this is an act of love. To uh, love the brethren, uh, love your neighbor. He's uh, saying, I I went out there and I got these and I'm bringing them back. So that would be another story to read in Acts chapter 24, verse 17. The uh, next thought here is uh, to love God and others, we must share. Sharing kindness, sharing uh, commodities that we have, um, sharing our, our faith, especially. Uh, tell, the, uh, tell people the, the love that's going on in the world from the Heavenly Father, trying to win the people to be with Him. Be ready to give something, especially a smile. Yeah, we can give smiles, we can give handshakes, we can give friendship, friendly looks. We can be helpful. Uh, usually when there's snow on the ground or ice, you see people getting out of their vehicle and helping somebody else. Uh, somebody doesn't have the right shoes for it because we don't have long winters here, about two weeks. <laughs> okay. So it might be snowing one week and be hot the next week and then the following week we're back to snow and ice or something. But uh, we sure can be helpful during those times. And every once in a while you'll run across even newscasters or where they'll say, this person got out of their vehicle and they're helping so-and-so to move their vehicle or pull them out or push them out or uh, people get together and, and help. Uh, batteries that die because of the temperature's difference. Summertime, your batteries can die because they're overloaded with air conditioning and so on other things. Uh, they get overloaded and they can die. But wintertime, you've got hard starts, cold weather, cold, stiff engines and so on. Uh, so again, people might need be jumpered. So I know I've got a pair of jumper cables in my car. For what reason? Never use them, <laughs> almost never, except when somebody else needs some help. And that's a kind thing to do. They're really stuck. They're at the mercy of a tow truck, and uh, whoever wants to charge what for a battery, uh, put $10 on it, and you'd say, oh, okay, thank you very much. You know, what, what else can you do? You need that battery. So it's a big advantage if a person can use jumper cables, a smile or something that uh, they really need some comfort in, and uh, help. Kind words, uh, do something, <laughs> what? Just be ready to do something, to be watchful for something, anything that can be done. And one of the big things too is to remember the lost. The Bible talks about the lost those that maybe don't know better, haven't been raised right, didn't have a good home, didn't go to church, didn't, well, nowadays, i never heard of the Bible. Used to be you'd get Bible at home and you'd get Bible at school and you get Bible at church. Now, none of the above. So how do they know about Jesus? We really need to talk with people and explain uh, our salvation, and what we know about the Heavenly Father. There's always the needy, and need is different levels, uh, whether we're talking about the Jesus house or, uh, uh, or taking a person to, uh, to a youth camp or, or uh, camp over, or you know, taking somebody to a revival meeting. Uh, it might be across the state, you know, at certain times of the year, it's only so many miles away, not very far. but we could take somebody to a revival service, and so maybe they would accept Christ while they're there. Maybe change their lives. You can take them from poverty, nothing in this world, nothing in the future, to being a child of the king. Wow. Now that's amazing. You can really give them something really worth a lot of money. money. It's not money, is it? It's high value. Eternal life? How do you put a price on it? How do you put a price on salvation? But we can give them that, and that would be way more than whole burnt offerings. Uh, We could do a lot more. And in the meantime, you can always testify. (laughs) Uh, We'd love to give away those pens because uh, we could start witnessing or we could tell them something. We could talk about something in a way of kind of a thank you for visiting with me. Here's something with a tip on the end that's soft and you can touch on your touch screens or your cell phones. And to them, they, oh yeah, they're really happy right away to receive a pen. And then they've got our website on there so that they could look us up. That would be nice to uh, communicate with them. The lost and the needy and a testimony. The scripture admonishes us to, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and ye give them not those things which they need, for the body. What profit is it? That's from James chapter 2, 15 through 16. So there's a little homework too if you want to read a few verses in between there. James chapter 2, 15 through 16. Going back over it a little bit as the Bible often talks about people being naked. Well, usually it doesn't mean bare nothing but they haven't got sufficient to cover them in the, from the sun. They need uh, shady clothing in the summertime. In the wintertime, they need thickness of clothing or number of clothing, or a cloak or a blanket that they could carry with them. Um, uh, many of them were uh, needing that even in their homes to have warmth to be able to sleep, or, or warmth, maybe they needed uh, wood. They had a lot of stones there in Israel, but not much in the way of wood. <laughs> So maybe they needed something to heat their home with or needed something uh, to keep themselves warm. So that kind of naked. Insufficient clothing, insufficient food. We can always help with that as well. It was great when we used to have a garden. And you could take a garden. We love that when people come here and they have a garden and they bring some of the produce and you say, Wow, look at this. I had the strangest looking cucumber the other day. <laughs> from one of the sisters, brought from her home, and uh, wow, I wonder what it tastes like. I wonder how thick the skin is, and you could eat its skin and all. Just brush it off real good, and and eat its skin and all. Uh, so that was a blessing. Blessing to help one another, give to one another, show that you care about other people, and uh, that was a blessing. But there's always the Jesus house and they do what maybe we can't do or have no facility to do or no way of getting in touch and not enough people to do anything of value, where the Jesus house does those things that we could not be able to do. And then there's things like women's shelters, battered and abused women, as well as women that are uh, loss of income, loss of family, whatever. Uh, Maybe we could... uh, uh, give to the the women 's shelter or to uh, a sister's closet and these these sort of things we can we can help people that way to love a love that sacrifices sometimes we don 't give enough give till you hurt or love till you hurt uh, We need to have that in our thoughts. The last part of that verse that I read already in john thirteen thirty four and i um as I have loved you, that ye also love one another, we know Jesus loved the believers, loved the people, loved his twelve and all the other people he fed them, he was concerned about it. you can't send them home the way they are, they'll faint before they get there, kind of thing, and uh, he had it all figured out ahead of time, and his disciples had to bring it up to mention it well that that puts it in their head too, doesn't it <laughs> It gets their head going. And Jesus had it all figured out ahead of time. No problem. Have them sit in the grass in groups of 50 and we'll, we'll get this thing done. So, um, to feed the hungry or to help those, to love one another. Mankind sinned and deserved to die. But Jesus loved us so much that he took our place. There's songs been written that way. But what was he thinking when he was on the cross? He was thinking of me. You know, that sort of idea when he was on the cross. He died for us. He died for you. He died for me. He died for each person individually. Yeah, that wrote here the words of that song just a little bit. And when he was on the cross, he was thinking of me or of you. But those are good thoughts to keep in our minds for how we would... um, be concerned for others, how we could help them. We need to keep the, loss, the lost in our minds. They won't find salvation unless we step forward. Love the believers, of course, comes kind of first because they're closest to us. But we need to be looking for that lost sheep that has wandered astray and go and get them. The Bible says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren, as in First John three and verse sixteen. I often say, if you remember John three sixteen, but you get in the wrong book, you get in First John <laughs> instead of just St. John. You, know, you get in First John. Just start there and start preaching, <laughs> start witnessing. Right then and there. It's got everything you need, even though you're in the seemingly the wrong book. And then you can always say, oh, okay, let's go to the other one as well. John 3.16. Sacrifice means a suffering. If we sacrifice for somebody else, give them something to the point of sacrifice, um, it's, it's uh, meaningful because that's what Christ did for us. He suffered for us and he sacrificed himself for us. Scripture admonishes, let us not love in word, nor in tongue, in voice, just speaking it, but in deed and in truth. That's uh, 1 John again, chapter 3, but verse 18. So you need 16 and 18 right there together. It's always good to read a little above or a little below a thought, and kind of put them together as to how they'll help for you. I wanted to mention about the alms before I go on to another part here. So I'm going to go forward here just a bit. Okay, i got quite a few verses here, so I'm going to be going fairly quickly on them. Yes, I have almost too many. Let's start there. In Matthew 6, verse 2, it says, Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, and, and so on. Don't blow a trumpet. Don't do this. Don't do that. Okay, Don't be a hypocrite. But I like this, the first part. When, Therefore, when thou doest thine alms. It's not if you're going to do alms or if you ever find time to do an alms. It's when. It's an automatic thing that has to happen in a Christian's life. And that's Jesus talking about that, isn't it? Uh, next verse is um, verse 3 there, um, Matthew 6, verse 3. But when thou doest alms, and don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing, you know, that sort of thing, that's another thought. But this thought is when. Get on with it. Do it. Have it happen in your life. Verse 4 is along there too that thine alms may be, given in, may be in secret, given in secret. Um, you don't have to let everybody else know about it. Just do it. And then it says the Heavenly Father will make sure he, he knows, he understands, and he'll see to it that he'll give you blessings back. In Luke chapter 11, verse 41, but rather give alms rather than doing this and doing that and doing that. Why don't I give alms? Okay? You might want to read a few extra thoughts there. Um, Luke 12 33, when uh, when some were asking, what what can I do for the Lord, you might say, or what do I do to show love? And Jesus responded with this one, sell that ye have and give alms. The rest of the verse is kind of on another topic, but wow, we've got goodies, we've got things. Something could be given, something could be sold. He said, sell what you have and give to the Give to the poor, give the alms that are needed. Uh, Sell what you have. Okay, and in Acts uh, 3, verse 2 And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom uh, they laid daily at the gate of the temple. And the next verse says, um, And Peter and John, um, about to go in to the temple, They were asked of alms, and then there's a nice story there. You want to you want to get the pieces, but they were doing alms. That's what I'm getting at. Alms is in our life, and they said, "Well, we don't have money, but such as we have, we'll give to you." Wow! Uh, Read that story. Amazing what they gave to him. What kind of a life he might have had afterwards? Um, That was Acts chapter three, verse two. And three, verse two two and three. They gave; they were asked for alms, and they gave what they had. And that same chapter three in verse ten, in Acts three, verse ten, and they knew that it was he which had sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. The gate was evidently called beautiful; it wasn't necessarily figured out, you know, drawn and plastered and whatever. Uh, to get it beautiful. It was called beautiful. And he was sitting there at that gate to the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement uh, at that which had happened unto him. Who gets the glory? God gets the glory. Okay, that's the right way. That's the right thing. So um, these people in the temple, they saw him come in. They saw him walking. They saw him leaping. He saw him rejoicing. And they knew that he had been the one sitting there getting alms. So they knew his lifestyle and what he was. He was healed. What a blessing. So, wow, they praised God. They could give God praise then. In Acts chapter 10, verse 2, a devout man, one that had feared God, that one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God. Always. He was not a Hebrew person. Oh, you'd have to go back and find out for sure. Do you remember who he was? Yeah. Okay, you need to go back and see because he gave alms to help the people of that country. So they they knew him. They, They were happy. But the scripture says that he was a devout man and feared the Heavenly Father. He wasn't Hebrew. He was a Gentile. Oh, now we just passed from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and now we can say it openly. He was a Gentile, but he believed in God, and he gave honor to God, and he gave alms. So we should, you know, that's sort of the idea, we should. And a couple of verses further down, Acts 10.4, And when he saw, when he looked on him, uh, he was afraid. Oh, yeah, this is... Who's this that he's afraid of? An angel showed up, well armed, probably. <laughs> okay, this was this was an angel. You have to read the story again. I love to get to you. You have to go and find out what happened. But when he looked on the, on this hymn, which was an angel, uh, he was afraid and said, "What is it, Lord?" He was really fearful of. Somebody that was so powerful that it, he says, Lord, no problem at all. Let's get this word out there. <laughs> and uh, and he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Wow. What he was doing, he was doing right. And this came up before the Heavenly Father. And God was looking at this and, and there's special blessings coming. Send this angel down there and tell him so and so. We want to know the rest of the story. (laughs) What did he do? But he was giving alms. He was praying. He was a devout person. And God was paying attention to that. It was a special blessing for him. I got one more on the alms here. I think. Uh, Chapter 10, verse 4 and 1031. I got two verses then, but they're short. Uh, And said, Cornelius, oh, it's going to give away the story. Maybe you know who Cornelius was, okay? And he said, Cornelius, thy prayers is heard. Your prayer is heard. And thine alms, again, are had in remembrance in the sight of God. In verse 17, chapter 24, verse 17. Now, after many years, I came to bring alms to my nation and offerings. Well, that's, uh, we know that's different people, but, um, but, The Cornelius story, you really want to read that in the two places, chapter 10, uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 sort of thing, and then you'll end up down in verse 31 before you know it because the story is that good. You'll want to know all about that story of Cornelius and uh, sending out the message through the Gentiles. Okay, going back to uh, showing love. Uh, Love shows, is visible, can be seen. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, Jesus' disciples, if ye have love one for another. That was in John thirteen thirty-five. That's what I started with. But that all people would know, whoever saw what you're doing and see this, uh, they'll know that you're my disciples because they're, they interact differently. They respond differently. Uh, they're special people and they're do-gooders. <laughs> in a good way. (laughs) They were do-gooders, and it showed. And what's the result of that? That they can give praise to the Heavenly Father, give honor to the Heavenly Father. Um, Christians should love Jehovah God and his Son Jesus, and believers and all. You love the Heavenly Father. Make sure that we sometimes have to say Jehovah God nowadays, because every nation has their own gods. Multiple gods, sometimes, in any given nation. And then Jesus Christ, the Son of God. They don't know Jesus in many of the countries and languages. They think he's just less than a historical fact. Okay? When we know the history, history bears up that he was here and who he was. Um, and then, of course, the believers that are belong to that group. They see something different is going on. And all believers, all, all people, um that are that should be involved that are followers of Jesus Christ especially and we do it with uh with words and with deeds it shows when it is present and when it's not they say look at that that's a church over there but they don't have any love that's not good i've heard of places where they've said um this is a church, right? Well, how come the police have to come? Whoa, that's detrimental, right? Because they came to try to quiet down the this misbehaviors that were going on. Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's in Matthew five in verse 16, one of the verses we used to have to memorize. When you started memorizing, you'd learn Matthew 5, the verses of Matthew 5, many of them. So we need to do good deeds, good works. Some people tout that the idea is there's nothing you can do, nothing you have to do. Well, this says you need to do good works. And that it'll be done in a way that will glorify the heavenly Father. Christians' light shines through their love for God, of course for Christ, and for others. Love is very attractive and needful. People notice that it's peaceful. They notice that there's some good that's happening. Love is a psychological and spiritual need of every person. They need love. They've proved it now where children are taken from a bad situation. Very young, even, taken from a bad home, taken out. They're cared for, and when they're uh, blessed a little bit, they find them a home to live in. And sometimes they cannot attach to the people that would take them. They just, it's a disaster if they don't have love to start with. They need the parental love. Part of the love is discipline. But they actually know that they belong to that group because they care enough about them to straighten them up. They say that's what teenagers need too. <laughs> yeah. If your parents didn't love you, didn't want you, they just let you do anything you want. Just Don't ask you to come home at 9 o'clock at night or you know, whatever it is, whatever one of the rules are. They, they just forget about you, let you go, and do anything you want to do. That's not love. That's not love. And they know it. The teenagers know it. So love is different. It should show everybody needs this love. And to be loved, to know that they're loved, even if it was strict love, but they knew they belonged. I've seen in some uh, story somewhere where he um, said uh, something about not being, I'm your dad, what's the you know. <laughs> In other words, the child knew right then and there, this dad was his dad, and dad was there because of him, loved him, cared for him. You know, this is the sort of thing, Um, not somebody else. God's love cannot be hidden, should not be hidden, that's for sure. It reaches outward and blesses others and glorifies outward to the Heavenly Father. Glorify the Heavenly Father. In uh, Romans, I think I had this at the yeah, I had this at the beginning. Let me just run up there and in Romans 15, verse 9, it said, They're going to the Gentiles to glorify God. The next verse was again. Uh, First Corinthians uh, 6.20, glorifying God, which are gods, the Spirit, the, the body, and so on, uh, glorifying God. And in Romans 15.6, again, glorifying God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where I need to end, is that whatever we're doing, wherever we're doing it, it's to the glory of the Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, His Son. God bless you.